0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special New Year's message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: I find it impossible not to believe that once Paul became a Christian, that that memory, because mind you, it's only two chapters later, Acts 9, where he becomes a Christian. It is hard for me to believe that 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 stoning of Stephen didn't burn in his memory. It didn't burn in his memory, burn in his heart. And he never forgets, you know, some stuff in life, you know, some of y'all young folks, y'all ain't old enough to remember, know nothing about this, but you will. There's some things you just never, ever forget. You just never forget it. All your life, you never forget it. And this, my friends, I believe is one of them for Paul. He never forgot the stoning of Stephen burning in his memory, and he had to let go of past guilt. He has to put that behind him in order to move forward. Well, not only leave the past and let go of past guilt, are you still with me? Write this down, let go of past grief. As Paul suffered terribly for being a Christian, you know that. He was beaten and shipwrecked and stranded and scorned and separated from family. He literally was left to die on at least one occasion. Paul had to forget about all that and let go of the past grief. And how about this, write it down. Not only guilt and grief, but how about this? Let go of past glory. Hmm. Paul has some accomplishments, we know that, and some victories. But even in their, in his past glory, he had to forget it. No room for boasting and pride in the kingdom. And write this down. Not only let go of, uh, leave the past in the past and let go of guilt and grief and glory, but write this down. Let go of. Past grudges. And the church said, amen. Amen. Can't stay angry forever. If you're going to move forward in God, I'm talking to somebody. If you're going to move forward in God, you got to let go of anger. You got to let go of anger. Paul has a lot of enemies. And when you understand and you read, just simply read a cursory read of the Bible, you will learn of the New Testament. You will learn that that, that Paul had every reason to be angry. He had every reason. Keep in mind, the book of Philippians, the theme of the book is joy. Joy. And so Paul, writing this letter, with the theme of the book being joy, had every reason to not have joy. He had every reason because he, he had a lot of enemies. He had a lot of people who... Didn't like him. A lot of opposition and accusations against him. He was mistreated and betrayed and lied on. He, he had to forget about those things. And if you're going to serve God, you got to let go of grudges. Somebody say amen. You got to let go of grudges. You got to forget the things behind. The word forget, by the way, take your pen. The word forget means, well, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. The word, let me tell you, start there. The word forget doesn't mean that you will not remember anymore because we don't have that capacity. We, 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 we're not computers. We, we don't have a delete button and erase the memory. We don't. We always remember things. God gave us a great memory for lots of great reasons. So the word forget doesn't mean that you don't remember your mistakes, it literally means, now write this down, you refuse to be affected by your mistakes. You refuse to allow your mistakes to hold you back. Hmm? God doesn't have a bad memory. God chooses not to allow our sins of our past to interfere with the relationship that we have with him in the present. Are you glad about it? Are you glad about it? Here's a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. You will never be all that God wants you to be and you will never do all that God wants you to do until you leave and forget the past. And don't allow it. Don't allow the past to interfere with your relationship with God and what he wants to do in you today. Unfortunately, there are too many weak and weary Christians who've been carrying around the weight of their past for far too long. Leave the past, live in the present. Say amen. Amen. Leave the past, say it with me, leave the past, live in the present. Say it again, leave the past and live in the present. Live in the present by continuing to stretch those spiritual muscles. That's what the word press implies. Like an athlete in the Olympic games and perhaps they're running and they're getting to that, to that finish line and they are literally stretching every single muscle, every your neck muscles, every muscle trying to get across that finish line. That's what the word press carries the idea of, that we're to stretch our spiritual muscles, muscles pressed toward the things ahead, pressing for the upward call. Requires more than just inspiration and aspiration. It also requires perspiration and determination. You'll get that later. 2021. Let's start this year by asking God, where's our focus? Say amen. Is your focus on a new job, a new house, a new car? Some say in 2021, I want to get married. That's my focus. Some say in 2021, I want to get unmarried. That's my focus. Y'all know pastor going to tell it like it. I'm going to tell you the truth. The truth. Is your focus getting the COVID vaccine? Can I tell you something? Everyone has to be mindful of their focus. As a pastor, I got to be mindful of my focus. Some people think being a pastor is like, like uh, like a spiritual black card or something. You know what I mean? Like you are like exempt from... Life. Some people think being a pastor is like you don't ever get discouraged. You don't ever get uh, depressed about anything. You don't ever have any problems because you're always in the presence of the Lord. That's just not true. I have to work on staying focused on the Lord like you. And listen, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You're not going to hear this that much from the pastors. I have to do it more than you. I have to literally have to work on it harder than you do. You know why? Because the Bible tells us smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Are you following me? So I got to work on it harder. I got to keep my focus on Jesus. I have to, I'm just talking about me right now. I have to maintain my focus of growing in the Lord. Listen, you do not want, you do not want a pastor who is not growing in the Lord. You don't want that. Cause guess what? Smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. The pastor's not growing, guess what? Either will you. That's just the way it works. Because you can't take folk anywhere you're not going. Are you following me? Huh? I know that's right. So you don't want a pastor who's not growing in the things of God. You want a pastor. My goal in life has to be Jesus. It can't be you. My focus can't be you. My focus can't be what you think. Don't get me wrong. I love most of y'all, but I can't even. I, I can't even. That's true. I can't even. That's terrible. Terrible. I'm a terrible person. But I can't allow my focus to become you. You're the sheep. My focus got to be Jesus. Is that all right? My focus got to be on the Lord. My focus has got to be growing. My goal in life cannot be to build a big church. My goal in life is not to succeed in the church. My goal in life is not to develop programs. My goal in life as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ must be that I remain in pursuit of being like Jesus. If that's all right, clap your hands and say amen. Because the same for moi is the same for you. Your goal cannot be to please the pastor or please the church. Check this out. Your goal can't even be to please your spouse. And don't get me wrong. That makes a nice happy home. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Ladies. What I'm saying, I think you know what I'm saying. Jesus first. And guess what? When you love Jesus, when you love Jesus, look, new, new folk, new married folk. Listen, when you love Jesus with all your heart, when you love Jesus more than you love your husband, when you love Jesus more than you love your wife, guess what's going to happen? Y'all going to come together beautifully. You're going to come together. It's going to be a wonderful, beautiful experience. But my point here is that Jesus has got to be the priority. Somebody say amen. Point number three in our outline, God's plan for our lives is that we would be, what saints, productive. Every sincere Christian will admit two things. Number one, they will concede to past failure. They've not realized the goal God has set for them. That's true. And number two, they'll admit that they are not satisfied in their present spiritual state. When a Christian becomes satisfied in their present spiritual condition, he ceases to grow spiritually, saints, we need to maintain what I like to call and would like for you to write down a holy dissatisfaction with our walk with God. I don't care how strong in the Lord you are. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how big your Bible is. Because some folks like to carry a big Bible now. They want you to know I am spiritual. Don't you see this big old book I read? <laughs> I don't care. We, 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 we have to maintain. Let me say it this We have to maintain a healthy, holy dissatisfaction, healthy, Uh, healthy. Don't get unhealthy. Okay, because don't go, don't go, don't go, don't do too much. Healthy, holy dissatisfaction with where we are in Christ. A healthy dissatisfaction with your spiritual growth is a good thing. First Peter 2, 1. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you might grow. listen. The day that you think you've arrived spiritually and there's no desire in you, the day that you think that you made the grade spiritually, the day that you feel satisfied where you are spiritually, that's the day that you are spiritually dead in the water. And you won't finish this Christian race well. And it is interesting to me, saints, we should take note. That this man, this is Paul, the apostle. This is the man who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And one of the greatest men, Paul, who ever lived. Surely, as Paul can say, I'm not happy where I am spiritually. Certainly each and every one of us can follow suit with that, right? Paul says, I haven't attained. Did y'all pick that up? And I'm not Perfect. And my desire is to keep growing and to be productive for the kingdom or continue to move forward and perfect my life in Christ. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm not satisfied with my spiritual place. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm secure. Yes, I'm in his hands and no one can pluck me out, but I haven't arrived yet. Say amen. And I need to keep moving forward. Say amen. And I'm not satisfied with my spiritual progress. So whether it's what I know, I need to know more. Or what I do, I need to do more. Or what I be, I need to be more. I'm dissatisfied. I need to keep moving, keep pressing on in my walk with God. And if you don't press on in your faith and you don't persevere in your faith, actually, saints, it's only proof that you really never had it. That's a hard thing to say, but true. As it has been said. If your faith fizzles before you finish, it's because it was faulty from the first. If your faith fizzles before you finish, it's because it was faulty from the first. Point number four, God's plan for your life is prestigious, prestigious. Verse 14, please look at it, saints. I press toward the prize of the upward call of God. And let me say that pressing forward. And upwards, takes something out of you. As as we talked about, pressing and pressing. When you you press, there's resistance. When you press, there's resistance. So it takes something out of you. The road to heaven takes something out of you. It's not easy. Somebody once said, it's true. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. It's not easy. People say, well, it's just easy to follow the Lord. All you got to do is follow. That is not true. It's not easy. I will tell you this, it's worth it. But anything that is worth it is not easy. Is that right? So it's not easy. Especially in a world that's that's pulling your attention. Every single, everything is coming against believers. Because we live in the world. And the world belongs to the devil. The Bible says that Satan is the prince in the, of the power of the air. So so that's why God has to destroy it and make, make a new heaven and a new earth, right? But for right now, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And being in the world, it is not easy. Now, we have the Holy Spirit. Don't get this twisted. We have the Holy Spirit living with inside of us. So although it's not easy, we can do it. Because we can do all things through Christ that that's exactly right. And what you gotta do in 2020 is you gotta start believing this book. Okay. Turn the TV off. Turn all the weird news off. I said it. Turn the weird news off is conditioning your mind. People's walking in lies and untruth. Turn it all off. Put your face in this book. Everything you need to know will be right here. I tell you, I promise you. It's not easy, right? Jesus makes the load lighter. Say amen. Matthew chapter eleven, twenty-eight 28 through 29, memory verse. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. You see, the call of God is a high calling or an honor or a privilege. Say amen. And it's the most important thing you can do for your life. Are you listening to me? Think about it. God could choose anyone he wants. He could choose anything, anyone he wants to use. But he chooses to use you. You know, I've said it before. You don't have to serve God. You don't have to serve in the children's ministry. I think we need help with the worship ministry and all the ministries as we're trying to get going. So, you know, if you feel like you want to do something, go online, fill out the application, tell us in the comment section or something. I don't even know we have a comment section, do we? (laughs) I just work here, people. I don't know what's going on. You got a gift. you Look, we need help in all areas of ministry. We're going to try to get this thing going back like God wants it to be. Say amen, y'all. And um, so being used by God is a privilege. Is a high calling. And I unfortunately, over these many years, I have seen people walk away. From the calling of God upon their life, I've looked at them and I know that they were called. Now, it ain't my job to tell you you're called. That's the Holy Spirit's job to tell you that. My job is to look at the calling on your life and then as a pastor, place you in the, lo- in, the in the place in the body where that calling and that gift can flourish and grow and be a blessing to the body. But I've seen people leave, leave ministry because they had this, so they had that, or they had this, so they had that. Don't ever do that. Don't ever walk away from ministry, from what you're doing for the Lord, because Satan has thrown a few roadblocks in front of you. You better learn to hurdle in the spirit. I don't know where I got that from, but it is good. It is good. Hurdle in the spiritual hurdle. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, devil, you ain't going to get, no. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You better learn to jump over that thing. Don't walk away from ministry. It's a blessing to serve God. You don't have to serve God. You get to serve God. We are privileged people. Again, not easy serving God in this world. It's not easy, quite honestly, being faithful. It isn't. You got to press in and you got to do that. It's a privilege to serve God. Can two people say amen? God could choose anybody. God could choose anybody to pastor this church. God doesn't need me. There are plenty of people that that God could raise up. He can make a donkey speak. See, I don't forget this stuff. Right? What? I don't forget this stuff. I don't. I do not stand here and think, oh, well, I'm I'm all that bag of chips. Oh, God can do this. God can do that with me, this, that, and the other. No, sir, no, ma'am. I know that God can do everything. Anything that God wants to do. He uses me because he chooses to use me. Not because there's anything lovable about me. Although I'm really lovable, if you got to know me. But I'm just talking about spiritual things. And God's using us because he wants to do that. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel much like a privilege. Be honest. It's a privilege when somebody asks you to officiate a wedding, a funeral. That's a privilege when somebody asks you to dedicate their children. It's a privilege for me for to baptize. We got to have a baptism. I just thought of that, Michelle. Pastor Ronald, we got to have baptism. That's a privilege. All these things are privilege. It's a privilege to be a Christian. Put your Bible down and clap your hands. You at home. Come on. I'm almost done. It's a privilege to get in the game and serve God. This is true. Listen at this. Someone described football as 22 men on the field in desperate need of rest, being cheered on or put down by 60,000 fans in the stands desperately in need of exercise. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Unfortunately, it's also true for the church. 90% did you know of the work that is done in the church Is done by 10% of the people. 90% of the people are cheering and putting down the 10%. The 10% doing the work and they need some rest. And the 90% need some exercise. Amen. God saved us for a purpose. We are saved to serve. If you don't remember anything I'm saying in this sermon, remember this. We are saved to serve. We are not saved to sit. We are saved to serve, am I right about it? We're saved to serve others and to help them to go to heaven. We're saved to get in the game, not to be armchair theologians or armchair pastors. God never intended for your Christianity to be a spectator sport, somebody say amen. I'm closing right here. Listen close. Titled Press Toward the Mark. The road may be dreary. The way may be bleak. The goal may seem impossible that God calls us to seek. The trials may vary. The ignition less than a spark. But that should never keep us from pressing toward the mark. Press toward the mark. Press toward the mark when you're weary. It is then that Christ will share his strength. Press toward the mark when days grow dreary, when forever seems their length. Press toward the mark when you're exuberant and things seem to go your way. Press toward the mark when you're discouraged, when things are in disarray. Press toward the mark when you feel like running and... The course you're running is a thrill. Press toward the mark when you are grunting because the course seems all uphill. Press toward the mark. When folks are cheering and they're urging you to go on, press toward the mark. When all you're hearing is the sharpness of critics, press toward the mark for Christ is waiting to reward you with your pay. Press toward the mark and hear Christ saying, well done child. This is your day. We got to press toward the mark, right? And I leave you right here. Isaiah 43. This is great to take with you. Isaiah 43 verse 18. Do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. That's a great verse. God says, don't remember former things. God says, I don't want you to get stuck in the failures and the former things of the past because if they don't leave the past in the past you'll never go forward if you don't leave the past in the past you'll never go forward in the new things that God has for you in the future and with that happy new year God bless you God bless you and your family
0: you have been listening to Salt and Light a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch